Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson, and me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix... From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of Howard Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here. Well, good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. The two most famous 80-year-olds on the planet are probably President Joe Biden and rock legend Mick Jagger. You can judge for yourself which one of them is wearing their years with more panache. And for that matter, which one of them is better suited to perhaps being leader of the free world? One looks like he's never slept and doesn't need to. The other is usually asleep. One can't get no satisfaction. The other, well, let's be honest, can barely get up the stairs. But as Mick Jagger, an icon of Britain, turns 80, it's worth reflecting on the man and myth who's become a medical and cultural marvel. Here he is, still in action. That guy is 80 years old. Staggering. After a lifetime of hard partying, endless world tours, a lot of drugs, he still dances like a teenager, still dates incredibly beautiful women, and still raising a six-year-old son. He might just be the goat of 80-year-olds. And the serious point here is that as Western societies do get older, we're having a lot more debate about ageing. Compare the flexing, thrusting vitality of Mick Jagger to Mitch McConnell, just one year older, who leads the Republicans in the United States Senate. Yesterday, mid through a speech to journalists, this happened. Bipartisan cooperation and a string of That is a hard watch. Does that man look capable of being one of the most powerful men in American politics? The reaction of many people, understandably, was that Mitch McConnell looks like a walking advertisement for age limits on politicians. Well, today, Diane Feinstein, a 90-year-old senator with whom I've had many dealings, I think she's been a remarkable contributor to American political life, but had to be physically prodded to vote. Again, it's painful to watch. Committed? Yeah, just say aye. Okay, just aye. Aye. Thank you. 
course, we have our own examples in our own decrepit House of Lords over here. The front runners for the next US presidential election are aged 77 and 80. Joe Biden will be 86 at the end of his second term. It's just increasingly implausible. And he gets a hard time for his age because he does things well, like this. All right. God save the Queen, man. But maybe ageing itself is not the problem. After all, we're all doing it. As Bill Maher often says, ageism could be the last acceptable prejudice. Perhaps we've forgotten that some of our elderly are actually also some of our wisest. It doesn't matter to me. I feel like this is a prejudice that this country has, this ageism. It's an it's a individual thing. Yeah, to be president, you're the elder. Every civilization seems to have understood this. The elder. We go to you for advice and wisdom. So, I, I just think it's a narrative that, oh, he looks old. He's, he looks like the same guy I've ever seen. He's a little older, so he fell off his bike. Can you imagine Trump's fat ass even being <laughs> on a bike? He's got a point. Aging is all relative. Jane Fonda looks 50. Sam Smith also looks 50. Joan Collins is 90, but she's feisted than almost anyone I know and looks about 30. It's not the age that's the problem. It's the way you are with your age. If I'm anything like Mick Jagger at 80, I'll be pretty satisfied. And I think I've got a pretty good chance, to be honest. We're both big Arsenal fans. We both identify as DILFs. <laughs> I didn't put that line in, by the way. That's just because I'm going off today. We both keep ourselves at the very peak of physical perfection. And we're both, of course, utterly irresistible to not just women, but to non-binaries as well. Uh, he is to rock and roll frontmen. Well, I am to broadcasting. At least I look in the mirror and say that to myself every morning, even if nobody else does. So here are to many more years of Sir Mick and me. But there is a debate, isn't there, about age and what you do with your age. So joining me now to make some sense of this, uh, making her uncensored debut is journalist and Sky News Australia presenter Jenna Clark. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I don't me. normally talk civilly to Australians during an Ashes series, but I'm making it a <laughs> rare exception for you. Political journalist Ava Santina and former MEP and father of Boris Johnson, Stanley Johnson. OK, well, welcome to all of you. Stanley, full declaration time. How old are you currently identifying as... Well, I am 80... 82, and I'm coming up for 83. I've right, been... so you're in the perfect wheel, wheelhouse here because you're a bit older than Joe Biden... You're a year older than Mitch McConnell, who we just saw corpsing for nearly half a minute. Um, but you're also two, three years older than Mick Jagger. So what is it about age? Does age as a number matter? Or is it really what's still going on here and your basic physical mobility and mental capability? Well, uh, you can't ignore the physical capability side. I've been pretty lucky on that, on that front. I've just done eight weeks in China. It's been fairly, you know, fairly tough going from time to time. But you can't ignore the physical sum. But I think you're absolutely right. It is the mental stuff which is by far the most important. We have had people of my age and much more who've had major, major political gods and, and, and carried them on. I mean, think of think Adenauer, who has you know, got Germany out of the mess of the Second World War. Churchill was 65 when he became prime minister, actually, for the, mm. for the first time. Gladstone, heaven knows. I think Gladstone's last administration, he was well over And we have, well over had, much, we have had much younger politicians running the country <laughs> who've made a right, right pig's ear of it, Stanley. Well, haven't we? I'm so... not, <laughs> not going down that route. I'm, only, I'm yanking I your you chain. What, my, my point really is this. It is 
not only is it a question of actually having the body, you need the body, but you know, the body is not 100% essential. Think of, uh, think of you know, Roosevelt. Roosevelt, exactly. But, I mean, but it's the mind. And I agree. It's not just the mind, but it's also the mindset. This is what I'm getting at. Because you see, you can think old, and if you think old, you're not necessarily going to take the right political decision because actually... Right, so, all right, Jenna, I, mean, I think the, yeah. the thing for me about this is Joe Biden is the most powerful man in the world. Yeah. He's the President of the United States. This is probably the toughest gig out there yeah. for anyone, mm. let alone someone who's 80, mm. let alone someone who, by common agreement, is showing signs of genuine mm. senility, perhaps even mild dementia. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I think what we're seeing in, in Mr Biden is absolutely horrific to watch him decline right in front of our eyes, considering... But it almost feels like the Democrats have no-one else. Mm. And that is such a blight on that party in itself. But the fact is, I'd love... Uh, President Biden to hang around, but I don't think he belongs in the White House. I think that's it. I mean, Ava, you know, you look at it, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable watching Biden making all these verbal gaffes, you know, saying God save the Queen when she's been dead nine months, he was at a funeral, falling over, Mitch McConnell freezing, Diane Feinstein having to be shown how to vote. This is one of the top senators in American history, just completely incapable of even knowing how to vote now. It can't be right for the for the electorate of these countries. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking ex exclusively about Mitch McConnell, I think, you yeah. know, I mean, that's... It, it's sort of a man that feels is hoarding the position, is a man that probably who should step aside and get out the way. Yeah. I mean, there's even a law in place that if he does feel he can't finish the term, then a Democrat can appoint another Republican to stand in from him. I mean, you know, when you've got that kind of contingency plan in place, you sort of think, well, why is he there in the first place? I mean, we've got the cricket going on. We're going to come to this, by the way, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, you know, Jimmy Anderson's 41 is considered to be over the hill... Too old. Give it up, Jimmy. He's 41. He's half Biden's age and still bowling metronome. And the Aussies still can't get him away. So I'm just not convinced that really the debate is about somebody's age. It's actually about have they still got it. Yep. And, and I still... I don't want to overdo this, but I still think that we have a society where, for one reason or another, the old have some key political decisions which they face. And they tend to vote their own interests. You see what I mean? Now, obviously, pollution and climate change is mm. what they say. We all say, oh, our people are mine. Well, you know, we're, we're going to be all right because we're still going to be alive. Mm. And that's why I think when you look at this, you've got to say, yes, they are, are they mentally acute? But you've also got to say, um, are they hogging... Are they hogging the intellectual framework? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think you've got to have a younger, more vibrant mind really, to run countries, haven't you? Well, yeah, and you know who knew that was Ken Clark. I mean, Ken Clark stood yeah. down in 2019 when he was 79. He knew he was getting a bit past it and it was time for him to step back. Who's the oldest Australian <laughs> Prime Minister? Of, well, it was, mind you, Bob Hawke was fantastic. Yeah. And he was no spring chicken, no, was he? No, he, no, he ran... And, again, Paul Keating, the tre his treasurer, was yeah. hot on his tails for the majority of his, yeah. of his tenure. Right. But I think you just even have to look at someone like Jacinda Ardern yeah. as well. I mean, that's a different generation of leader. But I think one thing maybe all Western democracies have to look at is rather than allow these people to sort of decay in front of us, mm. have a mentorship program. Like, imagine having, you know, Biden bringing someone up. I know they're probably... Well, actually, I tell you who had a good idea. Nikki Haley, who's one of the Republican yeah. candidates for president, uh, she actually did come up with an idea. I think we've got the clip. Let's play this. In the America I see, the permanent politician will finally retire. We'll have term limits for Congress and mandatory mental competency tests for politicians over 75 years old. Now, I see nothing wrong with that, particularly when you see that Joe Biden only on Tuesday said this about the number of Americans who've died from COVID. 
And there's still, we're still feeling the profound loss of the pandemic, as I mentioned, of over 100 people dead. That's 100 empty chairs around the kitchen table. What are you talking about? 100 empty chairs. What are you talking about? You're the president of the United States. He repeated it twice. He got that wrong. So that's my point. I think she's onto something, Nikki Haley. Give them all a test. Well, we have it in Australia. If you are over the age of, um, I think, 80 or maybe even a bit younger, 74, you have to have a driving test every year. Right. So yeah. it, just, it checks out. Yeah. You do actually well, have to do I'm, that here, but this I'm is a bit toss more in a note of, <laughs> I'm going to toss in a note of caution here. I mean, I see it coming down the road. I see people going to say, well, you sure that you're really up to driving and so on and so forth and all the oldies ought to have a test? I think that's pretty tricky because if you look at demographically, mm-hmm. there are like 8 million people who are over 18. Yeah, but again, what I would say, again, if Mick Jagger's driving the car, I'm fine with it. If Joe Biden's driving me, I am getting out of the car. But what about Trump then? Because that's the dilemma we're, well, we're Trump, in now, Well, right? Trump, oddly, despite he's 77, I think he is now, he's oddly very physically fit. He's never had a drink in his life, never had a cigarette, never it's, taken drugs. He golfs. No, he, he, genuinely, he golfs every week. A day. He's genuinely a pretty fit guy because he's never polluted his body, oddly. What, it's an odd thing about it. What about all of the burgers from McDonald's? Yeah. I mean, that was, you know... When I was on Air Force One, just to clang a little name <laughs> drop there, when I was on <laughs> Air Force One, he had a, the, the lunch was a, something with kale in it. I couldn't believe it. Probably because you were there. You <laughs> well, wanted to share this emaciated physique. <laughs> um, let's talk, I want to talk about something else. Let's talk about... Um, the, the very sad death of Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. So we talked about this yesterday, and Morrissey came out. A lot of tributes came out yesterday to Sinead. And Morrissey came out, and he was furious. He said, you praise her now only because it's too late, he tweeted. You, haven't, you didn't have the guts to support her when she was alive and she was looking for you. Who cared enough to save Judy Garland, Whitney Houston, Amy Winehouse, Marilyn Monroe, Billie Holiday? Where do you go when death can be the best outcome? Was this music madness worth Sinead's life? What do we think about this? I mean, he's got a point. The problem with social media, and I listen, I do it as much as anybody else. Somebody famous dies. If you know them, you immediately pay tribute to them. Mm. But Sinead was clearly very troubled, had a lot of issues, and the music industry basically tossed her away. That's really the point he's making, as they did with all these people. Yeah, and we're seeing it in real time now. I can't mm. believe, like, someone like our generation, where we watched what happened to Britney Spears, like, well, I was a fan growing up, and then we see it all happen all over again. Mm. Where is the Save Britney crowd now, where, you know, she's making, you know, questionable yeah. decisions about her life, and every, the same narrative comes down, like, clearly she's not, she's not well, so rather than help her, mm. they pillage her. Yeah, I agree. Look, I'm very much of the belief that the press sort of hound people into, you know, positions where they just cannot function anymore. And I think what was done to Sinead over her life was abominable. But, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and take a lesson from Morrissey because (laughs) Morrissey is the sort of person who wants to make it all about himself Mm. all of the time. He's the sort of person who called Chinese people subhuman. Mm. You know, he also said that Diane Abbott wouldn't even be hired by Tesco. I'm just, like, plucking a couple of things that he said. Mm. I just don't think that he is the morality police. or Right right message, wrong messenger, Stanley. Mm. Do you even know who Morrissey is? Uh, well, I... <laughs> <laughs> come on, <laughs> spit it out. I know a film star who was called Morrissey because I, I read a novel, and he starred in the in in, in the film with oh. the book, and so did John Hurt. Oh. So to that extent, but whether that's the same, it's Morrissey not the same one. Talking about. It's not the same one. <laughs> let's let's move on to cricket. Um, cricket. I want to play. This is cricket. obviously I've been pretty outspoken, <laughs> um, despite being the show airing on Sky News Australia. I've been very outspoken on behalf of my country in the Ashes, as you'd expect a good. Pommy to be. This is how the the Australian media have responded to me. (laughs) So, with the ashes in the bag, everybody's happy, right? 
No, with Murdoch's winter-in-chief Piers Morgan crying foul on Twitter, uh, sorry, X, saying, it's an absolute farce. Oh. What a pig in a asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I'm ever serious about Piers Morgan is whether I can just kick him to death some way. The shovel was also laughing at Morgan's tears. And the Australian's Peter Layla dubbed his reaction as the whinge in the willows, a classic English sob story. Don't <laughs> be that straight. Female journalist in Australia actually said she wanted to kick me to death. <laughs> I mean, imagine if I said that about a female journalist in Australia, like the one we have here. <laughs> so for the record, I don't want to kick you to death, Jenna, OK? <laughs> uh, you. Do you want to apologise on behalf of your vile <laughs> colleagues in the Australian no, media? No, I want more. I love this. <laughs> I think this is the... I think, you know, you guys have got Buzzball. How is that going for you? We'll get to that part later. Oh, uh, you've won nothing yet. <laughs> not, you've retained the ashes oh, now... because it rained. You've actually won nothing. You haven't won the ashes. I feel like we talk about this post-truth world and I, I get it, like, uh, Australians, right, we identify like we won the ashes because we won the ashes. No, you didn't win the ashes. You retained, retained. the ashes. <laughs> I've got to Stanley, support. can you explain to anyone who's a yeah. bit confused here? The, the okay. ashes have been retained because they already held them they and held. we can't win they them held. back in the series. And but we could still draw the series. We, we could draw the series. We certainly can't win the series. Basically, it all went wrong. When Johnny Bester yes. was wrong. When was they wrong cheated. Out. They did cheat. They yeah. did cheat. I mean, a chap walks out of his crease, he thinks the ball's dead. Yeah. It's not dead because someone throws it in the umpire. Now, I think what ought to have happened, the captain ought to withdraw. Ought to withdraw of course the he appeal. should. He should have withdrawn Cummings, the Cummings, by the way, is supposed to be this saintly figure, right, brought in after Sandpaper Gate, where yeah. they did all cheat. Yeah. I mean, even you wouldn't dispute that. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they're at it again, and he had one chance one to redeem chance. the nation. One chance to redeem that team of sandpaper cheats, but no. No, instead, I, I think Instead, he let him walk off. You love... Because, it's like, someone like Paddy Cummings, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry that he is kind of like the, the Kate Middleton to cricket. He is perfect in every way. He's upstanding. He's the moral police for the Australian <laughs> athletes and things like that. You don't know how to handle him, so that's the only, the only <laughs> fault you can pick. You know, the trouble with Australians in Ashes... I love Australia. I love Australians. <laughs> but, if we're but in an Ashes series, they are absolutely unbearable. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Man, woman, non-binary. If we're, if we're talking them. cricket, if we're talking this summer, what was absolutely extraordinary was those eight sixes which were in the second test. Yeah, right. Stokes. Stokes. Stokes, Stokes is superhuman. Unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, and we're going to win this test. It'd be two all. They won nothing. You take the ashes, but actually the ashes all were standing in anyway. That's the unknown thing about this. The real ones stay with us, <laughs> as it should be. <laughs> lovely to see you. Thank you for having me. Come back soon. Uh, lovely to see you, Ava. I I'm don't not, know what you've been talking about. For I'm not asking you about cricket. <laughs> <laughs> I, <was> so... <laughs> I saw your incredibly blank face yeah, and I realised there's literally there, so... no point asking you about it. Uh, Stanley, great to see you. Lovely to be here. <laughs> and so, so next, where is the line between free speech and hate speech and who should get to decide it? Well, Paul Davis may have crossed that line this week and she'll debate this with me live next. Back to Piers Morgan Censored. Pearl Davis is the self-styled anti-feminist influencer who's creating major buzz online with a contrarian view. She's appeared in a couple of debates on this show. It's called Uncensored after all. We welcome any honestly held opinions. But this week, she's facing a major backlash by posting a song titled Why Can't We Talk About the Jews, which she dedicated to far-right commentator Nick Fuentes before later deleting it. Why can't we talk about the... 
without getting kicked off of YouTube. Now, I'm not saying Hitler was a good guy, but I kind of want to know why. Now, there's all these conspiracy theories, and the more they talk, I think maybe they're right. But I can't even listen to the convo. Well, Paul joins me now, along with the New York uh, author and founder of End Jew Hatred, Brooke Goldstein, over in the States. All right, Paul, you've come on the show a couple of times, right? We've had some spirited debates about mm -hmm. feminism and stuff like that, and I thought you've made some good points and it's got lots of traction. Then I wake up the other day and I see this thing that's trending involving you doing this song, and I couldn't really believe what I was watching. I didn't know... Why, why did you find, you find it funny? Huh? Did you find, you find it funny? I mean, you know the backlash to it. I mean, you, you deleted it. You obviously thought you shouldn't have posted it. Mm -hmm. Why did you do that? Genuine uh, question. <laughs> I mean, the point was more about cancel culture and people getting kicked off of social media. If you finished the song, mm. it was more about, like, you can't talk about this topic without being canceled by the left and the right. I don't really have a strong opinion either way. It, it was kind of just, like, tongue-in-cheek. Um, I didn't really expect it to get that crazy. Um, I also, it wasn't dedicated to anyone. I don't know why they say that, but that's not true. I mean, Nick Fuentes <laughs> is a white supremacist. He's a Holocaust denier. Uh -huh. uh, he said afterwards that uh, you had dropped a diss track on the Jews, <laughs> um, which he clearly took to be something which was, you know, mocking Jewish people talking about, I'm not saying Hitler was a good guy, but I want to know why. What, what do you well, want to know why? Well, it was more like, why can't we talk about it? It, it wasn't like yeah, You talked about the more the conspiracy other. theories you've heard about Hitler and the Holocaust, presumably. I'm a fan of conspiracy theory. Like, you know, people think I'm part of the CIA. There's a whole conspiracy thing online. And, you know, I'm not for, like, silencing it either way. The point of the song isn't, like, I really have an opinion on the matter. It's more... I don't think we should ban people off of social media. So far so that I don't even, like, I think it should be illegal to ban anybody off of social media unless they are inciting violence. That was the point of the song. Um, I'm not really, it, it was more like tongue-in-cheek. But just to be clear, what are the conspiracy theories surrounding Hitler, which you feel the I don't, more you hear them, the more well, you're interested in them? Well, I don't know because I can't hear them. <laughs> Huh? I don't well, you know, know the ones. You know the ones that Nick Fuentes. Well, I wasn't with. even talking about Nick. I was thinking of Ye, to be yeah. honest. I don't know why they put that Nick was the inspiration for that song. I was thinking of Ye. Um, you are aware of the big backlash to this and the deep upset from I, Jewish community. I certainly am now. I just posted that song and I woke up and I was like, article, article, article. I was like, golly. Right, but are this you sorry? Crazy. Um, you know, I, I think that. Like what it, my whole point was that cancel culture is wrong. I am not speaking one way or the other about the issues. My question is, why are we canceled about talk for talking about certain topics? So you would allow Holocaust deniers to have space on social media to promote Holocaust denial to millions of people. You have two million people who subscribe mm -hmm. to your YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. That's a big audience well, of people. Well, I'm, I'm not at 2 million yet. I'd like to be. Right, but you have a lot of people that follow you on various social media platforms. Yeah. You put a video like that up, and there are going to be some impressionable young minds going, hang on, what's Pearl saying? Adolf Hitler 
not saying he's a good guy, but I want to know why. The more conspiracies I, I theories I hear, the more I have to think about it. But I took that to mean fin- I took that to mean that you agree with well, but, Fuentes. Why, like you, why did you cut off the end of the end of the song? I said, but we can't even have the conversation. What is the conversation without, you want to have without being canceled by the, the left and the right? But what the is point the, is any Pearl. speech. No, no, I think it's not any, any speech. speech. It's not any speech. What is the conversation about Hitler? <laughs> and conspiracy theories and the Holocaust that you want to have. I don't want to have any conversation. My lane is feminism. That's what well, you're I'm singing about, about Adolf Hitler. Can I, can I, can I finish? Yeah, but being... you are singing about okay, Hitler. OK, OK. So you do want to have that conversation. I want anybody that wants to speak on social media to be able to speak about what they want to talk Including about Holocaust without denial. getting banned. Whatever they want to talk about. Including Holocaust denial. If they want to talk about that, as long as they're not inciting violence, I think people... Of course they're inciting I mean, violence. They're inciting look a look hatred it, I think that. Social, look at social media is the new town square, right? You used to be able to go and say your opinions in the town square. Mm. Now we have corporations censoring what can and cannot be said. And I think that's wrong. I think that should be illegal. Well, let me bring in Brooke, uh, who's been listening to this. Brooke, I don't think Pearl quite understands why the wording of this song, which she deleted, to be clear, so obviously realized this had not played out maybe the way she hoped. Um, the offences caused to the Jewish community. Why was it so offensive? Well, first of all, I want to thank you uh, for having me on and for highlighting this issue. Not necessarily highlighting Pearl, but highlighting the issue that what you pointed out is that we're really facing a crisis of societal conscience where someone like Pearl, who engages in hate speech, and actually the irony is she's complaining about being canceled, and yet she's on your platform. She has millions of viewers on the internet and on social media, and she's complaining about being canceled. The crisis is that this is what is profitable now. This clickbait, this type of racial incitement is profitable on the internet. And you know, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to Pearl. I I don't know if she's just plain stupid, or she's actually quite intelligent and knows that what she's doing is so sensational that it's going to make her a lot of money. But I want to say one thing, Pearl will disappear. She will disappear like many others before her because this is something that's just a moment in time. She's like a train wreck. It's like a car crash. You know, for example, you can't, you know you shouldn't be looking at it, but you can't take your eyes off it. But I, I want to make one more point. I think it's so important, uh, especially on this platform. Hatred is taught. Nobody is born like this. And I talk about it a lot in my book about the dangers of hate education. And it's not something that we can debate, that we can engage in a rational argument with. You can see what her opinions are. She thinks women shouldn't vote. Women shouldn't have the right to divorce. She thinks that women shouldn't be able to work. She says these crazy things about about Hitler. But there's no rational, please don't interrupt. There's no rational argument with someone like this. And this is a mistake that my community makes, the Jewish community very often, that they think they can bring facts to the table, that they can debate somebody like Pearl and it's, you know, you're going to get somewhere. You're not going to get anywhere. You're going to get somewhere only by shedding the light on this type of bigotry to expose all right, let me, someone like all right, her. Wow. Let me, let me, let know, me just, just the, do the crazy monologue? person okay. that she is. All right, bro, let me, let me go back to Pearl. Pearl, I would, let me just offer you some advice, right? Because okay. I don't think you're stupid. 
And in the two appearances you've made previously on this programme, I thought it was it was interesting, it was controversial in some ways, but actually a lot of people would have agreed with some of the things you were saying, there's no question about that. But you seem to know where the line was. Someone like Nick Fuentes doesn't know where the line is. Someone like Kanye West, who I interviewed after he went on some weird anti-Semitic trope nonsense. Kanye's been wiped out by what he did, by what he said about the Jewish people, because there are certain things where I am absolutely in support of the concept of free speech, right? But you can't go around telling Jewish people the Holocaust didn't happen as Fuentes. And people are like, Fuentes does say things like that. But I'm not, I'm I'm not him. So you're bringing me up, so it's like... No, but when you you sing a song and you talk about Who determines what the line is, Pierce? Well, I'm asking you... Who determines? Do you get to determine it? Does she get to determine it? I'm asking you to... Who gets to determine what the line is? I'm asking you to work out in your head. I'm saying the line... You're not a stupid person. The line... When you say, I'm not saying Hitler was a good guy, but I want to know why... Right, when you talk about the more conspiracy theories about him I hear, the more I'm like, well, that's interesting. I'm just like a gog that even now you don't seem to really grasp why singing that and releasing it to millions of people is incredibly offensive to Jewish people. I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Pierce, I don't think it's for you to determine what speech should be allowed and no, not allowed. No, what about you determining? I... <laughs> why did you delete it? Why did I delete it? Because yeah. it was just a headache, Pierce. Because you knew it was wrong? It's, it's, I just think it's, it's like, it's not the hill I'm trying to die on. Right, but why did you choose that hill to die on? I didn't choose this hill to die on. You did, on. you released the, you released the, uh, the video. I, I also released 10 different videos about yeah, but 10 they're not different all basically, topics But they're not day. talking about Adolf Hitler, are they? Are we not allowed to talk about him? You can talk That's about so, Hitler okay. right to the point you say the more conspiracy theories are here about him. Look, at, I think that anyone should be allowed to speak about any conspiracy theory on social mm. media. That is my point. It's not about Hitler. It's not if about If you really believe what you did wasn't wrong, you wouldn't have deleted it. Oh, wow. Okay. Don't you think? <laughs> I, I agree with Pearl. Go on, bro. If I may just say one one thing, as an attorney, I have to say that I, I do agree with her, that I am a free speech purist. And I think that even bigotry should uh, be able to be spoken in, in the public sphere. But the problem of cancel culture is not against anti-Jewish speech. I think that's very clear. We see the scourge of anti-Semitism and Jew hatred rising on the internet. The problem is that there's no consequences for it. And the way that private companies are canceling is they're going after pro-Jewish speech. They're going after pro-Israel speech. I can't tell you how many times I'm contacted by people and often my own clients who are shut down on social media for saying anything positive about Mm. Jewish people, about Judaism, or about Israel. Yet these social media companies are unequally applying their own standards. And, you know, while they're, for example, shutting down COVID deniers, they are allowing Holocaust denial speech. They are allowing people like Pearl to spew her hatred. So if we are really free speech purists, and that's what we are I, you know, okay. saying that companies Bro, should gotta... do, they should allow all speech. Yeah, I, I hear you. Listen, I, I would just say this to you, Pearl. Unless it's incitement to immediate violence. Right. I would say this to you, Pearl. So we agree. No, no, wow. Pearl, Pearl, I would say this to you in conclusion. We're all on the, on the same Listen, team now. In, conclu- all... in conclusion, okay. look, you deleted this, so you clearly felt bad about what you'd put up, or you wouldn't have deleted it. You accept that? No. You don't accept it? I just, you know, it's kind of a headache. I was like, well, 
It just seems like a lot of headache to me. Right, or did you realize actually in that moment from the visceral reaction from the Jewish community, you crossed a line, a line that you yourself should have worked out was there. Look, at the end of the day, Pierce, the song was about freedom of speech. It wasn't one way or the other. The song was about why can't we have these conversations on social media and why do I keep getting... About why Hitler why, may be a good and guy. And why do I keep seeing people get banned on social media? My point is, I, I don't think there should be a line unless you are inciting violence. Here's would a line. We, when he, wait, when Pierce, he, would we agree on that? Listen, would, would, yes or no? no? Yes or no? Would we agree? Here's my point. No? No? Yeah. You haven't no. answered my question. Okay. I'm not saying Hitler was a good guy, but I want to know why. Want to know why what? We can't have the conversation without being canceled by the left and the right. I just don't understand the why conversation... you guys edit. You guys cut out the but end wait a of minute. the song. Paul. You did 30, 75. Okay. The conversation about whether Hitler was a good guy. You want to have that conversation. I think that... He murdered I, 12 I, million I think people, my, my whole including point, 6 million Jewish people point, on a Holocaust. My, look it. My, it. my whole point is we should be able to have that conversation. But whether he's a good guy... Media. Yes, because it, it causes more commotion when you're starting to censor people. I don't agree. Like, I think that's wrong. I, I think it's agree. wrong to censor anybody. Well, you know what? You can have that conversation. You had that conversation. You posted it. You haven't been cancelled. I've had you on the show because I thought you might, with time, to think about this, regret what you did because you can... Clear, you're not stupid. You do understand the offence it caused. And wanting to have the right to debate whether Hitler's a good guy is just cretinous. No, no, I, I want anybody to be able to speak on any platform. That was the point of the song. All right, let's leave Can it Can I up. point out a nuance here? I've got a, a book. I'm sorry. We, well, I'm afraid we've run out of time. But thank you for coming on the programme. I greatly appreciate okay. it. And, Pearl, uh, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. On Sense of Next, the supporters say it's a vital way to teach tolerance in schools. Critics say it's akin to segregation. We'll have a debate about the controversial movement sweeping schools, critical race theory. That's next. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Critical race theory teaches that racism is ingrained in all aspects of society. Like a lot of radical ideas, it began in American universities, reached schools, now spreads to Britain. Here we tend to call it institutional racism, with everything from the police to justice system and even the countryside uh, deemed fundamentally racist. Advocates of the theory say it needs to be taught in schools. Well, the pyramid of white supremacy was recently used in a primary school lesson by the Church of England. It claims that casual racism can lead to a path of violence and mass murder. But is that actually true? Or is it made up on a false pretext? Joining me now is contributor Paul Arone Adrian and the academic Chris Rufo in uh, America, whose new book, America's Cultural Revolution, today cracked the New York Times bestseller list. So congratulations to you, Chris, on that. Um, just for those who are a bit confused, in simple terms, what is critical race theory? Sure. Critical race theory is an academic discipline that holds that the United States is a systemically racist nation and that all of... Uh, America's institutions, from the Declaration of Independence to our system of laws to our economy, preach the values of liberty and equality, but in practice mask a system of naked racial domination. It's a deeply pessimistic philosophy that acknowledges no racial progress in the country and seeks to subvert the institutions in favor of what some have described as a, uh, a race-based system of redistribution, the suspension of First Amendment rights, um, all in the name of racial equity. Okay, Paula. 
You're not going to be surprised to hear well, that. Before I you answer, here are 10 things that have been labelled institutionally racist in the UK in recent years. The NHS, mm. the Avon and Somerset Police, Met Police, Police Scotland, Greater Manchester Police, Sir Paul McCartney's Performing Arts School, the City of York, Lambeth Council, the Home Office of Countryside, the UK's universities, cricket and architecture. OK, so let me start with what I understand the definition of critical mm. race theory is. So critical race theory was born out of legal academics who looked at the issue of the social construct of race, because remember, mm. race is a social construct. Geneticists will tell us that, sociologists will tell us that. And it under tries to understand how racism um, is deployed within institutions. So it's not talking about the individual being a racist, but it's trying to understand whether racist policies exist. It will look at the criminal justice system, it will look at education, and, for example, it could look at uh, schools, it could look at the NHS, any large establishment. That's what I understand critical race theory to be. All right, Chris, I want to play a clip. This is from an interview I did with Noam Chomsky, actually, in which he actually referenced you. Let's take a look at this. Critical race theory is a slogan invented by the right wing, and the person who invented it, Christopher Rufo, has been very open and frank. He says we just use this as a way to refer to everything we hate like teaching American history, like uh, uh, teaching uh, gender issues. We hate that, so we'll call it critical race theory. What's your response to that, Chris? Well, it's quite clear that uh, Mr. Chomsky uh, uh, has slowed down in recent years. Of course, critical race theory and gender ideology are not related. They're totally distinct phenomenon. But what I think he's getting at is that I am a, a conservative writer. I'm also a conservative activist. I've worked with policymakers such as Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to restrict uh, racial pseudoscience in the curriculum, to restrict racial scapegoating in the curriculum. Um, and so I'll make no apologies about it. I have a, a, a political vision for, for these policies. I oppose uh, critical race theory, uh, not just the very sweet euphemisms that uh, my fellow panelist was saying, but the actual nitty-gritty of the discipline, which is called uh, uh, for the suspension of private property rights, the suspension of freedom of speech. This is a radical ideology that is self-described by critical race theorists as deriving from Marxism. Um, I think it's no place in the public school system. We shouldn't be dividing our kids against each other on the basis of race. Paul, it seems to me that the problem is, if you basically make a case, as people are trying to, that almost everything in society is institutionally racist, I think it loses power and impact. There are clearly some institutions where you can see it laid bare, mm -hmm. but there are many others where I just feel it's slightly exhausting. It's like if everything turns out to be a negative slant, everything is based on institutional racism, we keep looking back, never looking forward. I do get Chris's point, which is it's just relentlessly negative. There's no chance for positivity here. It's just constantly attacking the past, the history, and doing it in a slanty way that makes a lot of white people, let's be honest, feel, why is everyone calling us racist all the time? And I think that's the message that I really wanted to get across at the beginning, that it's not about the individual. That's, that's the first thing I want to get across. Secondly... But it impacts on how individuals feel. Well, <laughs> it also impacts upon the victim as well, doesn't it? The person who is suffering due to the prejudice, the person who is suffering mm. due to the bias, the person who is suffering due to the racism. Chris referenced this as a pseudoscience. We need to be clear about this. It's not a pseudoscience. It's never held itself out to be a science of... It's an academic theory, and it's one that needs to be discussed. So that's but what I think is very important. should kids with impressionable minds be... Are they the right people to have these kind of quite complex discussions? Children... Uh, 
at every level understand unfairness. They understand injustice. And so it's important that that uh, education does form a part of their learning. How can it not? They're going to see it on TV. They're going to see it on social media. They're going to see it within their homes. They're going to see it living, living through the spectrum of their lives. All right. Chris, just on that point, finally, I mean, kids, they shouldn't be completely protected from all racial discussions. So where is the line, do you think, for educating kids about race-related issues? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we should have a robust discussion about uh, race in public schools, for example. But I've done reporting on dozens of public schools in the United States, and they're separating kids by race, having separate training programs uh, for teachers. And they're driving home this idea that if you uh, come from European ancestry, that you are inherently a racist, that you are benefiting uh, from racial discrimination. And it's designed to to shame and scapegoat individual kids. And so uh, when you say it's not about the individual, then why are they drilling this into individual kids' heads that somehow uh, they're worse than others, they should, be, uh, uh, they should feel guilt, they should feel shame merely because of, uh, of, their, of their ancestry? Um, that is political propaganda. Uh, we should not be pushing that on schools. And, and furthermore, as a historical discipline, if we want to call it that, critical race theory is, is kind of a far-left conspiracy theory. Uh, con- critical race theorists have argued that even Abraham Lincoln was a deeply racist person and advanced racism in the United States. Uh, This is a fringe theory that is tolerated because people are uncomfortable to push back. Luckily, that's changed. I'm proud to be uh, one of the people that's changed that conversation. We're not going to be bullied and intimidated by euphemisms and soft talk. Uh, We're going to put the facts out there. We're going to argue the points and force our opponents, the critical race theorists, to defend their arguments on the substance. Chris Rufo and Paula, both thank you very much indeed. On Sensor Next Tonight, I take a deep dive into TikTok's latest weirdest ever trend. Ice cream is so good. Find out what the hell I'm talking about after the break, if I've worked it out myself. Back to Piers Morgan on Sensor. It's a social media trend so bizarre, I'm not even going to pretend that I understand it, but just take a look. <gasps> it's my birthday! <gasps> TikTok! <sighs> hee haw, yes, the guy feel like a cowgirl and he read it, huh? According to the New York Times and other media, these are grown adults performing as non playable characters. They can make thousands of dollars from fans who pay to feed them digital treats or pat them on the head. Now, TikTok is fun. I like TikTok. I'm massive on TikTok. But is it rotting our brains with this crap? I'm joined by TikTok star Jay Monique, the host of Babylon B, Ashley St. Uh, Claire. Well, welcome to both of you. And talk TV presenter Rosanna Lockwood lurking to fill in my seat after I go. Um, all right, let's talk about this first. Jay Monique, sell this to me. It looks completely credulous to me. Why is this good and why is it so successful? Um, it's good and it's so successful because it's it's the way to make money just quickly, just easily for people. But it's also fun. It was like fun trend. No, I get it. But I mean, people telling you to do stupid things and then you do them for money. I mean, it is a bit like low rent, low level stuff. I mean, you're licking your tongue, you're licking the screen. It's like, it's just weird, isn't it? Um, I am a cosplayer, so I cosplayed on my TikToks. Um, when I first started, so it's not as weird to me. Okay. 
So know? it was definitely something fun and something good for my, like, my personality. OK. Uh, Ashley Sinclair, look, it's a bit of harmless fun. It's the kind of TikTok generation. Love it. Why are we being such terrible killjoys? I don't know that yeah, it's really harmless fun. I think in a... <laughs> Go ahead, I think Ashley. in a way, and you, I, under, I, I understand that some people, you know, they're making good money and that's appealing, but in a way you're selling your soul to this quasi-soft core sex app. In a way, it's being fetishized. You're telling young girls that have aspirations to be engineers and other aspirations that they could make quick money on TikTok, which is owned by ByteDance and by Proxy, the CCP, that this is the way to make money. This is what you should do. I mean, look, there is a point there, Jay, isn't there? I mean... I hear that argument, but then I guess my you know, I guess young people will be watching this going, listen, you old fuddy-duddy, you just don't get it. Um, definitely, but um, most kids do not know or people do not know that it's even a fetish. So when we hopped on this trend, it was just something fun. It's just something to do like every other dance that is done on TikTok. It was a trend. It was nice. It was cool. It was fun. People made it something too serious everybody wants to put their opinion in their own mindset on things and kind of deliver a different message than what people are really intending it to be which okay, is Ashley, just fun and something okay. to make a little extra money Ashley, you had a little go at this we've got a clip of you in action i think mm, ice cream so good <laughs> yummy hot dog <laughs> gg gg thank you for the likes ice cream so good <laughs> I'm watching that thinking, maybe I'm in the wrong wrong game. I should be doing stuff like this for money. You know, to be clear, obviously that was cropped. And the rest, the rest of the video, I was talking about BlackRock and, you know, engaging in some of the infosec war. But I think, Jay, especially you, you have a lot of followers. I think there's some responsibility to be a role model, especially to these young girls here. And I understand that it's easy money. But at the end of the day, your money is dependent on an algorithm that is run and created by people who are on ontologically evil, the CCP and ByteDance, and your views and your money is now dependent on performing for that algorithm, on creating content for that algorithm. OK, listen, I've got to leave it with you two. Uh, but we've run out of time. Thank you both very much indeed. Interesting debate about something I knew nothing about. Let's bring in Rosanna. You're, you've got the thankless task of trying to replace me for the next few weeks while I go and lie under a palm tree. Um, Honour well, to be your last hurrah before This kind holiday. of thing. I mean, I, am I just too old? Or no, it's, you're asking the right questions, I think. What does this lead society mm. to? But it is fun. Come on, ice cream's so good. Ice cream's so good. <laughs> it is very addictive viewing, and it's an honest way to make some cash. It's not only fans. Not that I've got anything against that either, but it's, 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 it's pretty harmless. Well, talking of harmless fun, let's bring in the graphic. I think we've got, <laughs> we've got behind me a little bit of palm trees. But, uh, there we go. No, there we go. That's, that's not like it. Now, you've been basically ramming down your Instagram pictures of yourself on various beaches around the world in the last couple of weeks. And I now intend to go off and do exactly the same to you. So you can be looking forward to pictures of me lying on hammocks under palm trees while you slave away at the Piers Morgan Uncensored coalface. Good luck to you, Rosanna. Thank you, Piers. Honoured to cover you again. Enjoy your holiday. <laughs> Take care. That's it from me. I'll be back in a few weeks' time. Rosanna's in the hot seat. She'll keep it uncensored. You keep it uncensored. That's it. Good night.